It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome back to CHGO White Sox Mailbag Monday edition. Welcome to Studio B. My name is You can follow me on Twitter. Is at Ecknerwall23. That's E C N E R W A L 23. That's more spelled backwards. To my left is the CHGO White Sox beat reporter. It is Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. And the guy who is producing us today, his name is Kevin Wells. He is a Cub fan, so don't hold that against him. Follow him on Twitter at Wells15Kevin. Kevin, any reason why the 15, the 1 5 there? Well, I mean, I think it was just a Twitter like. I wanted to do 25 for Derek Lee because I am a Cub fan, but I I think it was just mainly a, like, they're like, yeah, all these numbers are taken, got to take 15, and I did it. I don't know. Just kind of done. I, I do want to change it at some point. You should. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm messing with you. Today, we will be talking, uh, it's the Mailbag Monday, so your questions in the Discord. Only way you can get into the Discord is become an all-CHGO member. Go there right now, allchgo.com, to get a membership so you can leave us a question on these Mailbag Mondays or talk to us Thursdays, as Chris Tannehill used to refer to them back on our Locked on Sox days. we talking about that. Talk about the White Sox 25 and 27 victories over the weekend in Tampa and also previewing the Dodgers series here this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday when the L.A. Dodgers invade guaranteed rate field but first gotta talk about chgo white Sox tailgate june 22nd it is 11 30 in the morning you got to get out there it's going to be me vinnie duber sean anderson and other folks from chgo i know my fiance is coming some of her friends we're gonna have a great time go to allchgo.com Click on the page and then scroll down a little bit. You'll see in the middle, you can see where you can, how you can buy tickets. It's only $25. You get the tailgate with us and then you get the, the game experience. So we have you, uh, we give you a ticket. So you get to watch the game with us. And then this is not part of the official announcement. I'm going to be hanging out afterwards. So, you know, if that's a draw, we can have a, a beer or two at a ballpark pub or maybe a Jimbo's or anywhere down there. I don't even know if Jimbo's is still a thing. Turtles. Cork at the park, all those places. I just so, went to Cork and Carry for the first time. Yeah, loved it. Which one? The one, the one right there on the thirty third. Yeah. Oh yeah, man, it was a lot of fun. I had a great. T- I didn't wear any Cub stuff. I had a good time. That's I went good. To, yeah, you survived. That's good. So <laughs> go to allchgo.com right now. Scroll down and buy your twenty five dollar ticket for June twenty second for tailgating with CHGO. But after all that stuff is said, it's summer. It's upon us, Vinny. And Thank God. And summer always, for some reason, reminds me of this question I'm going to ask you. And now it makes more sense when I answer it after. But this question always comes up. It's like, 
I would love to have been a professional athlete. When I was a kid, I was thinking maybe baseball. That didn't pan out. Then I played football in high school. That sucked. Um, I mean, the, the game was great. I was terrible. Um, and so I always wonder, like, what professional league would I want to be part of as a professional athlete? It's all, I mean, not even just the four here in America, not the four major ones here in America, any of the professional leagues. So I'll ask you, which league would you want to be a professional athlete in and why? Hmm. I think it can go a lot of different ways with this one. If we're going with my current level and or lifetime level of athletic ability, <laughs> you're probably talking something like the World Poker Tour or the professional drone racing or something where, you know, it doesn't require you to have to exert any sort of energy, uh, certainly not to run. Um, if we're living in some sort of fantasy land where I have athletic ability, yeah. I, was, I always loved playing basketball. That was the thing I did out, out in the uh, driveway. I was never really good at baseball. Was, there's a lot going on there. I love baseball, of course. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so I'd, I'd, probably, I'd probably lean basketball. But if we're talking about something just completely off the wall, yeah. when, when, when the White Sox were in Detroit to open the series, okay. or to open the season this yeah. year, I had the opportunity to go to, to a bar in, in, in Detroit mm-hmm. that has the only Belgian feather bowling uh, course in America. Okay. It's the only place in the country where you can play Belgian feather bowling. It's basically bocce ball, but the, the uh, course, the, the lane is a, is a ramp, like a half pipe. Like okay. think like okay. skateboarding half pipe, yeah. dirt, and there's a feather at the end. That's the that's the point that you got to get it closest to. And instead of a round ball, you're rolling a big, what is essentially a wheel of cheese shaped <laughs> thing made of of wood. So you're rolling that up the hill, and then if you can get it, you know, up the hill, it, it'll go, and it'll you can dance it around the other the other. I don't even know what you call them, wheels that have been thrown already, kind of a uh, curling style, yes, if you will, and so, knock other. Wheels off their now, track. It's very hard to do that because they're heavy, and so once they're sitting there, they're kind of sitting yeah. there. But the idea is with the with the sh- the lane, the shape it is, you can kind of weave it around and get it closer. You know, even when a straight roll would have not have been possible. So, so from what I'm hearing, you did pretty well at this Belgian feather bowling. We had we had a little uh, a little uh, matchup, and yeah, my team won. Okay. You know, not to brag, but my team did win, and uh, yeah, we uh, it was very it was very fun. You play with a drink in your hand, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you you celebrate with a Stroh's because you're in Detroit. Uh, <laughs> it was it was good stuff. The, the beat writers went out there. We the, did, yes, okay, exactly. That's yeah. good, and you carried them all the way through. Myself and and James Fegan were a team, and we uh, I mean. defeated <laughs> uh, uh, Lamont Pope and Daryl Van Scowen in the first the first annual. Uh, Sox beat Belgian Feather Bowling Championship. Oh, man. Vinny just hit one of my pet peeves. Inaugural. Sorry. It, it, no, you said first annual. First annual, yeah. I, I, I say inaugural. You say inaugural? Oh, I just such a, I'm such a, a <laughs> penis about that one. <laughs> <laughs> but the NBA, like Vinny said, there's nothing better. You really don't have to pretend like you like school because some people don't want to go to school. They just want to finish high school and then go and put uh, compete in their sport. Baseball makes you go through this whole minor league system, and it's long. It's arduous. Once you get there and you get six years of service time, awesome. Money's, money's all yours. Football, I don't want to have post-career injuries like CTE or the debilitating injuries that football leaves you with. The NBA the reason why I love the NBA and I tie it to summer, four months off in the summer. 
imagine if your team sucks. Better you're, than being a teacher. Oh my God. You're <laughs> you're done in middle April. Like if you're on the Sacramento Kings every year, chilling. You, you get out of Sacramento, you can go anywhere for four months. You don't have to be at camp until the end of September, beginning of October. Great times. And you're in a different uh, city mostly every night. Like you play some home games and you go fly to Phoenix. Say you don't have a game until like you get on Phoenix on Monday. You don't have a game until Tuesday. Go out and hit the Phoenix nightlife and have a good time. The Bulls this year played a game in Miami and didn't have their next game until like three days later in Atlanta. They just stayed in Miami and just kicked it instead of going to Atlanta, which was a smart idea. NBA players in Atlanta on free, with free time, not never a good day. Never a good thing because lots of parties, lots of extra stuff. So I would be an NBA player. You know, I'm vertically challenged and also got this gut, so I never could even come close to playing in the NBA. Kevin, anything you got for us? Got to be a professional golfer, I think. I mean, I would probably say pitcher. I, I played baseball through high school, and I loved it. It's my favorite sport. But professional golfer, you pick your own schedule. Mm-hmm. You, you get to only play in nice weather. Like, you don't see guys, you know, you're not playing in a foot of snow. You're not playing when it's cold. Um, you get to travel to beautiful like state-of-the-art courses you're always on the ocean they're always they're always playing right next to the ocean why are they dedicating this oceanfront (laughs) space to golf courses i have no idea but you're absolutely right that would be a nice not super strenuous you might hurt your back i guess which you know serious but like you don't you don't have to lift heavy things you're not you know straining your body like it just seems like a very chill relaxed environment you don't have people yelling at you while you're hitting like and you know unless you know some people do that but I don't know. Professional golfer would be close second for me. I'd, I'd probably be a pitcher. That's pitching that's, once every five days or a professional golfer. The golfing thing is a good call. I'm I'm not a golf guy. I don't really like golf, but I like the reasoning that you gave. And I would love to just sit and like be sitting in a golf cart on Pebble Beach and just looking at the ocean and seeing whales out in the <laughs> distance. It's great whale. It's a great whale watching sport. Yeah, but like <laughs> while you're golfing, you're like, oh, those whales are awesome. Hey, dude, you got a hit. <laughs> Do I? <laughs> Do I? There's whales out there. Just go up there and just hack it real quick. Kevin, sh- we got some super chats. Could you make yeah, the? That. Could you make the screen bigger so we can read them? Yeah. Which one do you want up first? I, well, I, the whole comment thing is real small and hard for us to read right now. Can you make it bigger? I can read this one better. while we have it. It's a super chat from Stefan Bardo. Me. I don't know if it's the the Stephen Bardo. I would probably say it's Stefan. Isn't it creepy how similar this team is to the 1983 White Sox team that extracted? And the extricated record through 52 games. It is. I think Jay Kuda on Twitter compared them at certain points, and their records were very similar. And, it, you know, most people have been saying, hey, this is what uh, this team managed by Tony La Russa aspires to because that team did start off very slow and people were disappointed, but then they won 99 games eventually. But there wasn't extra expectations on the 83 White Sox. Firstly, because they never went to the play. The last time they went to the playoffs before that year was 1959, if I believe correctly, in the World Series versus the Dodgers. So no one was really expecting the 83 White Sox to do anything anything in this city because I don't think any team had gone to the playoffs since, like, the 70s. Like, the White Sox hadn't gone to the playoffs. The Cubs hadn't been to the playoffs in, like, since 1945, I believe. And so the expectations weren't, like, huge for the White Sox. That's why I say it's a little bit different. You, Vinny? Yeah, I mean, I I think that whatever historical example you want to take, there's a lot of them that show that this Sox season is nowhere near as gloomy quite yet, at least in terms of where they can end up, as a lot of people said. And and we've even got one now saying, uh, you know, uh, here you go. I need uh, Here's rusted. I need odds on which narrative we'll hear most the next month. 
not 2019 Nats, <laughs> 21 Braves, 83 White Sox. I mean, like I said, you can pick a lot of them, and I think the Braves not only jumped out to me from just last year because of the recency, right, and, yep. you know, the, the way they were able to do it last year, but I went and looked not only sub-500 at the All-Star break, sub-500 on August 1st. Wow. They woke up after the trade deadline, the start of the second to last month of the season, and they were under 500. Now, that doesn't mean everybody kick back and be happy if the White Sox are under 500 on August 1st, but it means that math is not totally against you for a very long time still. Our guy, Jacob Domogalski, he says... He's already cashed it in. He's got a nine ninety nine super chat. We really appreciate that, Jacob. When the Sox go to the playoffs, he's passing by. He already knows when the Sox go to the playoffs. <laughs> no Jim Mora uh, impression for him. None he at is all. Bypassing that. Oh man, he knows. I said they're going to win the AL Central too. When the Sox go to the playoffs, start England right? Question mark. Vonnie DH. Hey, yes. If that is what is necessary, yeah, I would like Adam Engel to get more opportunities to play, but it's. Hard for Adam Engel to get this because if they're at their full strength, you probably have Aloy Jimenez at left field. Of course, Luis Robertson center. And you didn't pick up A.J. Pollock just for him to ride the bench or to be a platoon player. So, yes, in my heart of hearts, I would love Adam Engel to get more playing time. But they're going to be playing A.J. Pollock if they make the playoffs. And Andrew Vaughn will be in the lineup no matter what. So that'll probably be DH if that full lineup's in there. Well, and I'll say this, too. Everybody's, not everybody, some folks are grumbling about the fact that there's a different lineup every day out there for the White Sox, and I don't necessarily see that as a huge problem, though Tony La Russa was asked about it fairly recently and said that, yeah, when we're at full health, it would be nice to have a consistent lineup out there. But basically, he's a guy who's going to be playing the matchups. And I think to say that Adam Engel's not going to start a single playoff game you know, unless they only play, you know, two or three of them. Uh, uh, to <laughs> oh, say that he's not going to start a single playoff game uh, w- would probably not be correct. I mean, he's a guy that's proven that he can have success against certain, you know, in certain situations, in a lot of different situations. And I don't think Tony La Russa would, would lack confidence in sending him out there as a starter should the situation make him the best option in Tony's mind. So, um, yeah, A.J. Pollock is the guy who should be getting the bulk of the playing time out there in right field if he's playing up to the expectations that that the White Sox and everybody else have for him. But don't don't treat it like, all right, Adam Engel, you know, have a nice October. Like, yeah. he's going he's gonna to be used, definitely going to be coming in as a defensive replacement because he's the either first or second best defensive outfielder they've got. Uh, and so he's definitely going to see a lot of playing time defensively. I think you're going to see him start a game here or there. Uh, definitely if they have the playoff run that they hope to have, which is, you know, a lengthy one. And the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you receive two risk-free bets for up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership which unlocks all of our web content. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you're watching on YouTube right now, you see I have the, the Chicago flag CHGO shirt. Very stylish. I love it. And then that logo right below Vinny, there's a Brawler Sox one too that you as White Sox fans would also love. So that's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, a free t-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a more than $50 first-time bet at PointsBet. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. Your home for live in-play betting just got better. Introducing PointsBet's new feature, Live NBA Same Game Parlays. For the first time ever, you can build your first live NBA Same Game Parlay only on PointsBet. 
combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. Want more? You can also boost those live same-game parlays. Watch live, parlay live, boost live with PointsBet. And now, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now. Register your account from start to finish from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, Vinny, how about you say we get into the mailbag questions? We got we got a few to start, and it's a nice segue Damn, that they are able to, you know, we, we got a few on the Super Chats, and now we're going into the prearranged mailbag Monday question. Yeah, and these are for people who are in our Discord. Like I said before, these are members of CHGO. So if you want to be a member of CHGO and get your mailbag Monday questions in, allchgo.com, you'll be invited to the Discord, and that's where you can ask these questions. As our guy, Pale Holes Mike, who I saw in the chat himself here, here's one. With guaranteed rate being regarded as such a hot, hitty, dominated part, does anyone have a guess why the Sox offense on the road seem much better, especially Andrew Vaughn comes to mind? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've been thinking about this, and I looked up the numbers. Guaranteed rate, while it is a park that, does give up a lot of home runs, is not the uh, hitter's ballpark that it used to be. More right now, it's like a neutral ballpark. Um, so White Sox could just be feeling more comfortable. The balls might be different. We know that there's multiple balls being played. There's multiple baseballs being played with. And God, that, you can't say that correctly without laughing if you're a child like me. Um, <laughs> a lot of giggles. A lot of giggles over here. This <laughs> in Major League Baseball. So they're using different balls. They're having humidors. And you know the White Sox have not been doing well offensively. So that might all factor into it. But once they get all their people back and see a full lineup, then I can judge whether they're better on the road or hitting team or better at home. Vinny, any uh, clues to why they might be better at home? I'm better on the road than home. Well, I can say this every game that they played uh, at guaranteed rate field so far this season has been in April and May. (laughs) That might have a little something to do with it too, right there. Uh, I mean, the the cold weather tends to linger around uh, in the first couple months. Now, obviously they played a lot of games in a lot of other Midwest cities like Cleveland and Detroit and, Minneapolis and Kansas City, so it, not exactly, um, you know, uh, apples to oranges there, but, I, you know, you, you can't discount that. Plus, I think in general, just the White Sox have not been good offensively, and so um, the numbers are probably not going to be great at the place where they play the majority of their games that, uh, you know, to line up with how they've been throughout the entire season. So I think what uh, you, you hope, if you're the White Sox, is you take, uh, you, you, you take the weather getting warmer and you take – uh, hopefully a turnaround that was sparked here this weekend in, in St. Pete, and uh, you turn it into much different numbers at Guaranteed Rate Field moving forward. feels good to know that your games are going to get played 100%. Like, you went up to Toronto. They have a retractable roof. Tampa's a monstrosity, but they're going to play every game that is scheduled because they have a roof. Your thoughts on roofs? I know this is not part of the situation. I'm a it's an pro- off day. It's okay. We what do we got to what do we got to lock into? They, there's no game till tomorrow night. I'm a big proponent of uh, my guy M- Rami Makluf, who uh, does yeah. radio up there in Milwaukee. Put a roof on it. Put roofs on every single Major League Baseball player t- uh, stadium from here on out. Like that, make that a a an edict that if you're going to build a new stadium, it has to have a retractable roof. You seem like a guy who's more of a traditionalist. What do you think about having a roof on every Major League stadium? 
I, I think that that takes away something in certain cases. We'll put it this way. I don't think anybody would want a roof on Wrigley Field. I don't think anybody would want a roof on some of the other parks where you get a nice view out the out, uh, out the back. Uh, Minneapolis comes to mind. St. Louis comes to mind. I think Pittsburgh. those. I think those. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Absolutely. I think those views are much preferable to you know. Okay, you got to deal with some rainouts throughout this. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think you would rather have those views than uh, a complete elimination of rainouts or or bad weather. Even though those cities that I just mentioned, not always the nicest weather in those places. But um, yeah, I think let's put it this way: if you can build a very nice looking stadium with the without with outside, that's what baseball is. baseball's about. The summer baseball is about enjoying the weather. That being said, my favorite park in the in the game is Miller Park up in Milwaukee. Oh. So it just, it feels like a nice little Wisconsin fun house up there. And uh, I am not going to discount having a roof because I totally get it. Uh, in Houston was another park that I was able to go to last year, several, a couple times. Loved it. I thought the Houston park was great. Was it closed? The roof closed? It was, yes. Okay. And I thought it was great. I mean, again, I could see the opposite, right? I think we in Chicago are like, yeah, 95 degrees, bring it on. We'll take, we'll sit out in the 95 degrees. If it means we don't have to sit out in the snow. But uh, I could see why you would prefer an air conditioning building if you uh, had to deal with that heat in Houston all year long. I'm glad you said Milwaukee is one of your favorites. I love oh, Milwaukee. A lot of people it. say, oh, it's no, it's trash. It's this, that, and the other. I'm like, no, it is actually a fun. One time, it's the tailgating before the game, the beer and food selections, the sight lines, everything about Miller Park or American Family Park now yeah, American Family is Field. great. It'll always be Miller Park to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I've gone to Chase Field, and they're strikingly similar. Yes. Very the same. But I like Miller Park much more than Chase. Maybe that was a, a bias I've already had when I walked in there, but they're very similar. Why do you love Miller Park so much, Kevin? Well, I'm... I'm I don't want this to come off in a way that I'm saying anything nice about the Brewers, but they, the stadium's nice, and in the nice summer weather, they open up those panes of glass on the left and side, like left and right center. So you technically, it's still open, but they, you know, they'll keep the roof closed if it's really hot. But you still get a little bit of the hint of the the outside. The sunlight will come in, and the views, like during like a four o'clock, like some of their playoff games, like four or five, six o'clock over the last couple of years, you get those awesome like sunbeams coming in. It's just beautiful views. It's and it's a very easy park to get to. Huge parking lots. It's, yes. it's it's convenient. It's nice. I'll Great. say this. I'll say this about uh, the the artist formerly known as Miller Park, though. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if the stadium was w- is what makes it great it's just that everything there is is fun to experience during a baseball game and i think if they had a park like like guaranteed rate field in that exact spot yeah. and still offered all the sausages and had the race and you know you were able to drink uh, line and kugels all day i mean i still think it would be about as fun as it can get just because I don't know. There's something about baseball in Wisconsin, I guess, that gets us. That's why the Swamp Angels up in Wisconsin, right yeah. there. We we <laughs> Chicagoans, we don't like the Packers, but pretty much everything else about Wisconsin, we go. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, we can do that for a weekend. We can we'll, do that for a weekend. We'll go up <laughs> to the North Woods if in the in the winter, enjoy some time. We'll never go to that Tommy Bartlett thing. That seems terrible. Now, the water show or robot world? Which Tommy Bartlett oh, product are you talking show. about? The okay. water show. I don't believe that exists anymore because that lake drained. 
Okay. There was some sort of unnatural thing that happened at that lake in the Wisconsin Dells, and it just all the water went a big out. Of drought it. or something. I remember yeah. hearing that too. It was like Robot a sinkhole or something like that. Yeah. My Robot guy, world though, epic. My so guy, much fun. my guy, Chris Daniel used to say it is the most boring thing ever. That's probably why the lake drained. It just like <laughs> no, you guys wa- are not doing this again. The water ran away it's from like, Tommy no. Bartlett Water Show. Oh, it's so bad. Uh, we appreciate Pale Host Mike with his question. Let's go to Sam. His mailbag question. Worst case scenario, if the sub-500 purgatory of our season keeps until late June, early July, is divisional title still attainable, or is a wild-card berth more realistic for our playoff hopes? Vinny, uh, Sam wants to know what the White Sox can get a wild-card if they don't get the AL Central crown. Uh, I mean, certainly. And now there's another spot to be had, right? Another wild-card spot to be had. To six teams from the American League will be going, and so instead of just the two that everybody's gotten used to, it's three wild-card teams. Um so, yeah, the mathematics uh, help you out there this year than they did in previous seasons. Uh, but I also don't think that a record similar to this by late June or early July precludes them from winning the division. Exactly. Uh, not only did we just talk about some of the teams that have, uh, you know, stormed back with a big second half, but I think we've talked about very frequently over the last week what this division looks like. And the the Twins are not really scaring anybody. They're not really running away with this thing. Uh and all the other teams, you know, I, I think the Guardians are probably a little better than yeah than the the bottom couple teams. But uh, I, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities to beat up on division opponents for the White Sox. Now, of course, they have to start hitting consistently. They have to start scoring more runs consistently uh, in order to beat up on teams that they really haven't beat up on quite yet. But uh, to answer the question, uh, not only is it still realistic to get a wild card berth, but until the Twins decide they want to take off like a rocket ship, it's still realistic to win the division for these White Sox too. Wholeheartedly agree. I think the division is more attainable than the wild card, even though you have three wild card spots and the people who are uh, teams that are occupying those wild card spots currently the two teams that you just played this weekend. uh, Toronto is four and a half games clear of Boston. Uh, who is the last place team in the wild card. And then Tampa Bay is the second wild card team. And then the White Sox are a full game behind the Boston Red Sox, who hold the last wild card spot currently. The Angels and Guardians are half game up on the White Sox as far as that. And then a bunch of teams that the White Sox haven't played as yet. Texas Rangers are right behind the White Sox. The Orioles, the Athletics, of course, the Royals, and the Mariners, who the White Sox have played. But... There's still games out there for the White Sox to get. Their schedule gets a little bit easier. We've played the Torontos, the Tampa Bay's, the Boston's this year. We've already closed out two of those three series. So our tough schedule is pretty much, you know, dwindled down. So, yeah, winning the wild card is a possibility. I just think the Twins are not that great. So the five games that the White Sox are down right now on the Twins, I think eventually they'll close the gap and then go much further than the Twins. So I would rather them win the AL Central and then try to get that then try to get that AL uh, wild card spot because that's rolling dice right there. Well, I think what's really interesting about that question too, and a lot of people, you know, unsurprisingly, that's it's basically been the, the story here for for a, for several weeks now, are bringing up uh, uh, changes, moves, what can have, what can be done, what can Rick Hahn do to kind of uh, boost this team, and I think certainly the trade deadline is always plenty of focus, and for good reason. Um, I don't think that there really is a record right now unless they decide to really nosedive here in June mm-hmm. but I don't think that being kind of where they are right now if that's where they are at the end of July 
I, I think you're still going for it, oh, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're oh, the if yeah. you're if you're the White Sox, the the expectations that you've set for yourself, you don't you don't go like, all right, better luck next year. No. I mean, and and being in this division, a winnable AL Central, or having that extra wild card spot could certainly uh, be another point in favor of going for it, even if you are under 500 at, at, at the time the trade deadline rolls around. So I, I think that's an interesting thing to follow too, because usually. It's and especially in recent seasons, since the advent of you know, if you want to call it tanking, rebuilding, whatever you want to label it, um, there's a lot. It's usually very clear to pick out who's buying, who's selling. There's not this you know middle ground. Save a couple of teams every year. You're gonna have a few more teams in that position this year, I think, because of that extra playoff spot. And you, you know whether that's a good thing for the White Sox or a bad thing. You know, fewer fewer players to to poach, perhaps mm-hmm. uh, to say a lot of p words in a row. Uh, I I still think that it's going to be very interesting to see, even if the White Sox can't turn this weekend into the thing that into a ramp to kind of lead up to better play. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do, and I still think they're going to be trying to make moves to put themselves in a championship position even if the record isn't what anyone thought it would be come the end of July. And remember, they have a couple free agents after the 2023 season. They have one big free agent uh, this after this year is Jose Abreu. So to give up, to throw the chips in, to trade off, that won't happen. I don't think that will ever come close to happening because the White Sox are currently in their contention window, even though they're 25 and 27, have been playing subpar baseball mostly the year. They'll be throwing their chips in with the very little players that they have and prospects they have. They will be throwing their chips in to try to get some player to improve the team if need be. Hopefully, for everybody's sake, they don't need an extra player. They don't have to give away anything on the minor league roster like a Colston Montgomery or any of those Cespedes or Colas or none of those players. Varis, who... uh, uh, is pitching, I think, in single A now. Norhe Vera. Norhe Vera, yeah. yeah. They don't have to give away any of those guys because the team has righted the ship. The pitching's still solid. Remember, we still have Lance Lynn to come back this month. We have Aloy hopefully to come back soon. I mean, he played a couple games this weekend in Charlotte. So the White Sox are in a position where they're going to be going for it no matter what, even if they're down 10 games to the Twins at at the trade deadline, which I believe is like August 2nd this year. It's weird. Yeah, it's a weird day because I, they usually don't want the trade deadline to be on a weekend. Yeah. And so I think they've really rearranged it this time, though. It's like days away from where it usually is. So, yeah, they're going to be in it no matter what. They'll be trying to push for a championship. And you don't have to worry about that, Sam. They're they're not going to be selling off this team. I eventually think will right the ship. We saw what we saw this weekend, even though we saw some glimpses of the old team of making airs, letting teams uh, stay in games and things like that. But I feel like they've been playing a little bit better baseball in May than they were playing in April. And I still think that June will be another month, especially because the gauntlet they have to go through with the teams they have to play with Toronto already in Tampa. They have to play Toronto again this week is versus the Dodgers and the Rangers. So we'll be seeing what the White Sox are all made of in this month of June. And hopefully they get better than they were in May. I have to tell you about Owen, which stands for only what you need. Owen is a hundred percent plant-based shake that gives you nutrition that works as hard as you do. All their products are free of artificial ingredients, allergen-free, no gluten or dairy, and easily digestible. That's great for me as a person who is lactose intolerant. I love to take the uh, strawberry banana version they have. Only 170 calories. I treat it as like a meal replacement. You can just treat it as a protein shake just to get your day started. 
And I first heard about Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who follows a plant-based diet only. Owen and Chicago and CHGO have partnered up to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com. L-I-V-E-O-W-Y-N.com. Use code CHGO20. Join me and Justin Fields. Try Owen. Only what you need. Let's get back to the mailbag question. We have one last one from Leonard Gore. It's a non-baseball-related question for the mailbag. What hyped-up piece of prop culture, TV series, or movie franchise did you just not get? Like, for me, it was Harry Potter slash Lord of the Rings. I just whiffed on both of these franchises. I've already said the one that I have never seen, and that is Star Wars. Sad. People get Sad. on me Just all the time for not seeing Star Wars. I haven't seen any of them. Because you've, it, means, it basically means you've gone out of your way to not see them. I'm They're not. on TV all the time. <laughs> They're the most popular movies ever made. Ever. Like you, you have purposely said no to someone once. Like someone's been like, "Hey, you want to watch Star Wars? You want to go to?" You've been al- you've been alive for for forty three two years. for two new uh, you know trilogies of Star Wars movies. People have probably said to you at one point, "Hey, do you want to go go to the movies with me and go see the new Star Wars?" And you've gone, "No, I have actively." <laughs> uh, that's me. I'm I'm a I'm a uh, a person that doesn't like pop culture and the fads that are going on. And I know Star Wars is not a fad. And I kind of feel left out when people are like, oh, you see Obi-Wan Kenobi do this. Oh, you see uh, Grand Marf Tolkien do that. That's how I know Grand Marf Tolkien. Moff, M-O-F-F. It was a reference in Can't Hardly Wait. You know, in that movie in 1990s? I've heard Those of it. Teen, like, teenage movies, yeah. they, they reference uh, Grand Marf, Marf Tolkien and uh, Boba Fett. So that's the only reason I know those two guys. And BB-8, I know about that guy and the Jar Jar Binks. But I haven't seen any of these movies because they're all in the lexicon. They're all out there. And people are like, these are so great. You should watch them. I'm like, God, like there's like, what, like 10 of them now? Well, no, ten there's actu- more. There's, oh nine, there's nine episodes and then there's a couple other movies and then there's TV shows and there's all sorts of stuff. So You could go read books if you wanted to, yeah. In all people's opinion, yours, Vinny, people who are watching on YouTube live right now, people who are listening to this podcast after. What's the order I should go? Should I go with the original chron- the yes. chronological, like 80s? Yes, chronological order? by release. By four, release. Five, four, five, six, one, two, three, seven, eight, nine. Okay, that's yeah. the way I should yes, go. Okay. Absolutely. Why do they do it like that, though? I never understood that. Why, why is it episode four before episode... What do you say? Four, five, six. What was it? Four, five, six are the set ones, the first ones in the seventies and eighties. Okay. But, but the idea, the idea was that it was like you're supposed to be just dropping into a movie theater, like back in the day, like back in the forties and fifties when you'd go to a movie theater to see a you know sci-fi deal, okay. and it'd be like we're in the middle of Buck Rogers' story <laughs> or something like that. That was kind of the idea. There was, you know. and That then, makes sense. Yeah. I never knew that. I, yeah. I've seen the original trilogy, but same with yes. you. I haven't seen any of the prequels, the new Obi-Wan. haven't seen any of that yet. So. I mean, people seem like every time there's a new thing that comes out on Disney+, Plus, people go apeshit about it. they like, oh, my God, Obi-Wan was this, that, and the other. Oh, did you see Baby Yoda do that? Yeah, No, I didn't. Um, so I... Hey, there's your answer hey, to this question. Vinny... Mercy. When the season is over and I have extra time mm-hmm. and we're just chilling, yeah, I'll check one out uh, like a day, okay, and I'll report back. I'm Good. like, all right, that'll be your homework for for winter. Yes, yeah. it'll be like, oh god, and then I'll be one of those people and just talking about Star Wars. With, Guys, did you see that time when that Luke did that and he did that? To You'd Luke? be that guy. Yeah, like yes, it was forty years ago, Herb. 
you have any anything that is these pop culture references or TV series or movies that everybody's talking about and you're like, eh, not interested? Uh, yeah, I mean, so I like a lot of these things. I love, I mean, Marvel is far and away my favorite. I love Star Wars also. Um, there are ones that I have just not seen or maybe don't like as much. Like I've, I've only seen one Lord of the Rings movie and it was like, kind of boring to me but uh but that's I, I got it i get why people like it and it you know yeah. good for good for them a thing that i don't get that i don't that i'm i don't understand why people like it all i i hate reality tv yeah it's can't terrible. stand it and i don't understand why anyone would like it to me it's just annoying unintelligent people doing unintelligent things and drama is just forced and it's, it's yeah, all it's right it's yeah fake. it's all it's fake not, anyway like, yeah. so yeah i don't i don't like everybody gets very excited about the the, the what's the dating one on abc that everybody's always oh, watching the bachelor the and the bachelorette i've never you'll never get me to watch i watched Can't like a couple yeah. episodes because my yeah. fiance liked it i was like yeah I, this is dumb and she would just like watching it because of my reaction to this dumbness that was on the tv <laughs> but as far as reality shows i used to watch a show called big brothers on cbs and then after a while, it just got formulaic. And like you, yeah, it's like I see the the things that are happening. I see the producers kind of like pointing people in the direction they should act. And it's not organic. It's not real. It's not reality. Put those in quotes because you have cameras everywhere. I mean, out of anything, that would be the most realistic because there's no actual cameraman that's in the room with you because all the cameras are pretty much suspended and everywhere because it's just a house that you got to stay in. But, yeah, I'm not a big time reality show guy. I was wondering, Star Wars people and Star Trek people. Have you ever watched Star Trek? You ever got into that? Yeah, I like the uh, the newer the new ones. You know, the new movies they made are good. Uh, I tried watching some of the old '60s shows once, and they move a little slow. I mean, you yeah. did you did give the greatest nickname to Alejandro Kirk. You called him Alejandro Tiberius Kirk. Exactly. I mean, he should be going by that all his life. I mean, that is a smooth <laughs> ass thing. Even I know I've not watched Star Trek ever. Have you watched Star Trek? Kevin? No, I'm not a Star Trek guy. Either. Yeah. See, this is the thing. My, my I stuff... watched in like a couple classes in college, like to study it and everything. Yeah. A couple movie classes that I took and it was cool. Just not my, not my thing. Not, not a bag. sci-fi guy. I, I don't know why I never got into things like that. I just was all sports is like single minded focus of, I got to watch sports. And so there's no time for anything else to watch unless, uh, you know, somebody in my family and back in the eighties and nineties, you only have one TV. Well, we only have one TV, and mostly it was just regular two five seven nine thirty two. So I had to watch whatever my parents had to watch, and then I would catch occasionally the Twilight Zone, and I hated it because I had to was forced to watch it. It was so terrible. <laughs> but now as an adult, I go back and watch those Twilight Zone movies all the time. My shows all the time. Rod Serling was a genius over there. I don't know if you've seen that one where the guy. Uh, wants to read, wants to sit down and read and have some time just to it's chill out. the famous out. one, yeah, yes. and his glasses break. Yeah, oh, exactly, just yeah. so great. And yeah. that's why I feel kind of about the White Sox. Like, we're here. We're 2002. We went through a, all you finally got what you 500 wanted. yards of shit-filled <laughs> foulness, and now we're here, and we're stepping on our glasses. There was time. There was time. We could have won a championship this year. We still can win a championship. There still is time. Oh, there's still plenty of time for the White Sox to win a championship, but it's very, very discouraging when you see teams like the next one we're going to see versus the Dodgers. But before I get to that, you want to start your day off with a competitive edge? Strava CBD Coffee is a game changer and has helped thousands of people improve their overall wetness and quality of life. Strava delivers delicious, fresh roasted specialty coffee infused with organic broad spectrum CBD. CBD from hemp doesn't make you high or hungry, but it does offer real benefits that can help you. you feel alert, focused with all, all the jitters, 
Live your day more balanced, less anxiety, fewer aches and pains. Plus, including CBD in your regular daily routine can help you enjoy more stressful, uh, restful sleep, and you can wake up feeling your best. The best part, Strava is all about quality. Everything is small batch, fresh, shipped right to your home. Strava offers concentrated full-spectrum CBD tinctures for those looking for more traditional CBD format with powerful entourage of effects of benefits. Uh, uh, CHGO listeners can save 25% off their first entire purchase when they use the code CHGO25. That's 25% off your entire order at StravaCraftCoffee.com when you use CHGO25 at checkout. RAS Strava subscriber, subscribe and save with Strava Club, uh, Strava Coffee Club. With Strava, you're in control. Save your favorite coffees, have them automatically delivered to your home and office on your preferred schedule. That is all about that. And I was talking about the series we got next. This is why I don't feel confident that the White Sox can win the championship this year because, of course, they're hosting the L.A. Dodgers. The 35-17 and 17 L.A. Dodgers, two games ahead of the San Diego Padres. Whew. On Tuesday, we go against some guy named Mitch White. He's 1-1 one one with a 4.79 ERA versus our guy, Michael Kopech. That's White Sox right there, baby. We got the pitching edge right there, finally. Then it's Tony Gonsolin, 6-0 with a 1.59 ERA. What the hell? Versus our guy, Johnny Cueto. And then Journeyman, who I've looked up, Tyler Anderson. This year, they've turned him on. 7-0 with a 2.59 ERA versus our guy, Dylan Cease. Ugh, Vinny, this is a really tough series. And I know our guy, the Swamp Angel, who will be back tomorrow, Sean Anderson, said famously last week before he left, that the Dodgers are weak. And while he was saying that, the Dodgers were currently getting swept by the Pittsburgh Pirates. We don't believe them because this team, I looked up and down their lineup. They have hitters for days and pitchers for weeks. It's so ridiculous. What's your thoughts on the White Sox taking on the Dodgers this week in a three-game set at guaranteed rate? Sean is wrong. They are not weak. They Always. are very, very good. And uh, this was my preseason World Series uh, mm. projection, by I the mean, way, was if, Dodgers, White Sox. And, folks, he's got... He's got most of the people. Well, Tim Anderson got hurt. That was his MVP pick. And you had Justin Verlander. We're like, look at him. Like, Justin Verlander. Who? Justin is a Cy Young pick. This man over here, he's picking all the good stuff over there. So, you might listen to him. Hey, it only, took, predict- 30, it only took 32 years if to get you, some uh, baseball predictions correct. If that comes true, please. I would love to lose to the, in the World Series to the Dodgers. That will be the greatest thing in the world. I yeah. mean, other than winning it. This is going to be, this is, I was going to say, it's kind of in the question, in the sentence there, but uh, this could be a tough week. This is going to be a really tough series for the White Sox. Uh, and it comes down to that offense, keeping it going against uh, what they did against Tampa the last two days. Again, not necessarily something special, mm-hmm. but something special in comparison to what they had been doing prior. And, Getting that home run from Jake Berger on Saturday might end up making a big difference. It it, it certainly carried over into the first inning and and a little into the second inning on Sunday. Then for the rest of the game, we saw the White Sox offense that we kind of have come come to know here here in 2022. Uh, it, it, It is imperative for the White Sox that they figure out a way to make that first inning that they had on Sunday the norm or a norm, something that you see on a regular basis as opposed to something you see every once in a while that makes you go, ooh, maybe, ooh, maybe, you know, because we saw it against the Angels in that ninth inning, that they the game that they lost, but they scored all those runs in the ninth inning. Six wins from there, and, and, and the players were saying it was the turning point. 
it, it didn't turn out to be a turning point for very long, but it was briefly a turning point. Maybe Jake Berger's home run can be a similar thing. Maybe the first inning on Sunday can be a similar thing. Now they have to show it, but they have to do it against perhaps the best team around. And that is a very tough ask. It doesn't mean it's impossible because what were these White Sox built to be? One of the best teams around, right? Yep. And and this this lineup still has, even with the injuries right now, still has a Brave, still has Roberts, still has, uh, you know, Moncada Grandal, two guys who have really struggled, but still has Andrew Vaughn and some of the other pieces that have made people, uh, you know, pay attention of late. So this, this lineup is still capable, but it needs to show that this week, the last two days, particularly that first inning on Sunday, was not a fluke. And if you missed Sunday's game, what the White Sox did in the first two innings, they had 15 batters in that first two innings. 14 of them took the first pitch. I don't know if deliberately or the, they were just balls, but 14 of the 15 batters did not swing at the first pitch. Only one that did, of course, is Luis Robert in the first at-bat that he had, uh, eventually popping up to second base, but he had a pretty decent game after that so yes they had a game plan to go against our Yarborough and now with Mitch White with his 479 ERA it's a chance to go against him and uh, tag off tag him after seeing a couple pitches because you don't know who he is I barely know I think it's the second year in the league see a couple pitches what he uh, offers what he features I hope to see Danny Mendick up there at the uh, top of the lineup again because uh, he had a couple of good at-bats, even though he was one for five only. He had a couple of good at-bats, scored the first run, of course, in that game. But we see Michael Kopech starting tomorrow night. More regular rest uh, than the time before where he had nine days off before he pitched from the Yankees to the Toronto series. Now it's only like five or six days. What do you expect to see from Michael Kopech after a tough outing in Toronto? Yeah, it's a good question. And I think, you know, a week ago, our comments regarding the starting rotation was, well, we know what to expect from Michael Kopech. We know what to expect from Lucas Giolito. We know what to expect from Dylan Cease. Hasn't really played out that way over the last week, and so obviously it's going to make you you know, question things moving forward a little bit more. But regardless of what Mitchell Palooza holds uh, you know, for the, for the Sox offense, uh, we've seen Michael Kopech take on one of the best lineups in baseball and dominate them. He did it against the Yankees. We will see if that is is what he can do against the Dodgers, but we know that he has it in him. Uh, he has been mostly excellent so far this season. Uh, it would be nice for the White Sox to be able to get a game in which uh, he is more like he has been for the majority of the year than what he was in his last time out against Toronto. Um, I think you can not bank on, but pretty close to bank on, Michael Kopech giving you a chance to win. So it's on the bats to come out and get some runs and and make sure that they can that they can take care of business against a very tough Dodger team because you're right, it's only going to get more difficult from the opposing starting pitching standpoint as the week goes on. And that second pitching matchup, Tony Gonsolin with a 1.59 ERA versus Johnny Cueto, who the last type of, couple times through the rotation has been our most consistent starter. You know what you're going to get from Johnny Cueto. Six innings pitching all four of his uh, outings so far. A quality start, and most of them, the one he didn't have a quality start in was the Cubs one where he came back out for the seventh inning and gave up a couple runs there. But what do you expect from Johnny Cueto going against the Dodgers, a Dodgers team that he's very familiar with playing all those years with the San Francisco Giants? Yeah, I mean – Listen, what I just said about Kopech, give him a chance to win. That's what Cueto has done literally every time he's pitched for the White Sox so far. So he's going to be a guy that has to that has to keep it going if he wants to, you know, be that number five starter, not just for the foreseeable future, but all the way to the end of the year. So far, he's given nothing, nothing, given us no reason to believe that he won't be that guy. Uh, and we'll see if that continues. But yeah. 
Give them a chance to win. Give the bats a chance to to produce some runs. That's what Johnny Cueto's done. I would expect him to do it again, even against a very good Dodger team, because he did it again. He did it against the Yankees too. Um, it, it's it's again, it's on the offense. It's going to be the same old story here. You're going to ask me about Dylan Cease in a second, and there's going to be a little more to say about him because his results have been kind of up and down lately. But uh, I would expect the same thing too for him to give them a chance to win. It comes down to what these White Sox hitters can do against Dodger pitching, which is no easy task, but. This is a lineup that was supposed to be one of baseball's best. They got to start showing it eventually. And rusted ass, and you're right. In past season, Cease has frustrated me with his inconsistency and tendency to suddenly lose control and command. I think he'll be outstanding, but those issues persist a bit right now. He believes that uh, Kopech will find his consistency before Cease, but needs to add another pitch or two, whereas Cease just has to find consistency and command his whole kit of pitches. Dylan Cease, yes, has been a little bit off from where he started off this year, what do you expect? And yes, we're going against a lefty on Thursday afternoon in longtime guy Tyler Anderson, who has found a way in New York in LA, is seven and zero with a two five nine ERA. But what do you expect from Dylan Cease this week? And the question that Rusted wants to know, just the inconsistency. It's not as much as it used to be where he would just lose in one inning and he'll be done. Now it's just, you know, uh, time and time again, he'll get, lose his command and control and then finally find it. But the last couple of times, uh, Toronto, I mean, not Toronto, Tampa found off, uh, found out that he was not right with it. He walked seven t- uh, hitters. And the time before that, I believe it was New York Yankees who teed off on him. So what do you expect from Dylan Cease versus this tough Dodgers series? Yeah, again, the the, the storyline with him has really changed here in the last little bit. I think the last five outings, he's got an ERA up near five, which is, you know, if we would have told you that three weeks ago, you would have been like, you, you kidding me? But, um, yeah, it's, it's time to see what Dylan Cease has learned. Because, you know, I, I don't think we expect to see these kind of things from Lucas Giolito anymore, right? These, he has a bad game, and it is just behind him immediately. And I don't think it's lingering with Dylan either. It's just a matter of finding that consistency like, like has been commented on. Uh, I think he is probably is more so the guy that we saw in the first little bit of this season and we saw throughout much of last season too, uh, then he is the guy that we've seen pop up a few times here in the last few weeks. But... Uh, I do think he's going to give the White Sox chance to win. I, I think I think you probably are going to see him deliver some of on some of his good stuff. It's can he keep can he minimize the mistakes? And I mean, seven walks in his last time out that's that's brutal. You can't have that. That's so not him either. I mean, he didn't give up any earned runs in that game, shockingly, <laughs> and but, like two hits, <laughs> yeah. right? If that. He was so great. you can't you can't you can't walk seven guys though, and I mean hey he's had a game this year where he struck out double digits and given up six runs too. <laughs> so he's he's been all over the place uh, recently, and I don't even mean with the pitches; I just mean with the results and the kind of numbers he's putting up. It's got to be more consistent, obviously, but I think more times than not, if not every time, you're going to feel very good if you're a White Sox fan or a White Sox player about Dylan Cease going to the mound. It's just can you avoid at the end of the at the end of the outing people looking up and going. What? How did how did that happen? Why? Whether whether for better or worse, right? I mean, how did it happen that he walked seven guys? Period. But how did it happen that he walked seven guys and didn't and give luck. up an earned run? Exactly. <laughs> um, how good are the LA Dodgers in offense? They're second in weighted runs created, first in runs scored, second in on base percentage, and first in slugging. So, like, this is going to be a challenge for these White Sox pitchers to get the job done versus the LA Dodgers hitters. Um, I think they might be getting Max Muncie back eventually. He's uh, due to come off the. IL on tomorrow, June 7th, but I don't know if he will. 
got, of course, Marcus Lynn Betts, who you guys know as Mookie. You have the former MVP in Cody Bellinger. And just Trey everywhere. Turner. You got Trey Turner. Freddie Freeman. Future, future, <laughs> White, future White Sox Trey Turner. He's a free agent. I don't know yeah. if they're going to sign him this offseason. You know, you have everybody. You he said Freddie short, Freeman. He shortstop, you know, Trey Turner. Yeah, I mean, somebody can move to second. Okay, I was going to say. They got somebody can move. <laughs> I mean, we need a second baseman, don't we? If there's uh, a silver too. lining to this series, though, at least you're avoiding one of the best pitchers in baseball, Walker Bueller. Walker if Bueller. there is a silver lining, it's going to be hard, but, I mean, Both avoiding him. I mean, Walker is going to miss the series, and then, of course, their Clayton Kershaw is on the IL. We're going to miss also – Former White Sox great Tommy Canely. He is on the IL for the Dodgers. But you know who's not on the IL for the Dodgers? Pitching kind of mediocrely is former White Sox Craig Kimbrell. He's going to be pitching and hopefully not seeing him this whole week. And uh, there's a revenge series for A.J. Pollock for them trading him before the season started. And if you want to know how the White Sox stack up to those one and twos I just said about the Dodgers offense, the White Sox offense is 23rd and runs created where the Dodgers were second. 27th in run scored, Dodgers are first. 27th on base percentage, the Dodgers are second. And 24th in slugging. So, yeah. Yeah, this could be bad. This uh, could be bad. bad. I mean, we're talking about, you know, what the White Sox need to do to win. It's very possible that this looks a lot like uh, much of that Yankees series uh, yeah. that was played on the south side, oh, at least the first no. couple games, no. where, I mean, the, the Yankees bats were just unstoppable oh, and, and the White Sox I mean, I think in those games, the White Sox actually did score some runs, but they weren't scoring enough, certainly, to compete. Uh, when you've got a team that's scoring three-something runs a game going up against a team that is one of the best offensive teams in baseball that can break out for double digits on any given day, that is a steep mountain to climb. And, you know, we talked about can can the weekend success against Tampa Bay be a ramp up? Can it be the thing that, that brings the White Sox closer to where we expected them to be? Uh, they've got a big old hurdle standing yes. in the way of that. So, yeah, they might have been on course to do something like that, but having to play the Dodgers is a road bump that you uh, that, that could really throw that completely out of whack. And in that series, it was the game you referenced there where Dylan Cease got lit up for a couple runs versus the Yankees, but he struck out 11 of those guys. So I don't want to see that again. I know the Dodgers are of that ilk. Hopefully the White Sox take what they learned in Tampa and come out and compete with these guys. And I know you guys are out there. It's like, well, our pitching staff is really good, Herb. What's the comparison between the Dodgers and the White Sox pitching staff? Total, if I'm just going by ERA, the Dodgers are second in the whole league. The White Sox are 21st. It's not because the starting pitchers are bad, but as of late, they have you know struggled a little bit. It's more because of the bullpen and all the collective that makes this team not as good. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be a mismatch, but anything can happen. I'm sure Pittsburgh fans felt like, man, we're going to Chavez Ravine against the Dodgers after three in San Diego where they beat us two out of three. Man, this is going to be a tough uh, game. Three ones right there. You just got to play the game. Sometimes the best is brought out of you by playing the tight teams, the tougher teams, the White Sox you've seen this year. They've won three out of the seven games they played versus the Yankees after getting pummeled by the Yankees at uh, home this last year and this year at home. You see what they've done this year versus the Tampa Bay Rays. Four out of the six games, the White Sox have won that, that series. Split with the LA Angels, who are not any good right now, but at the time, they're playing really well. So it seems like the White Sox do raise their level of play versus the better teams, and you see the records versus the AL Central. It's not sparkling at all. I just want them to play consistently, no matter what the team is across from them. So this week will be a tough one, 
But the White Sox, if they're going to be champions, need to show the white the, the Dodgers that they are of that ilk. So we're going to wrap up the show. But before we do, June 22nd, remember that day. That's where you can come out, see me, see Vinny, see Sean, the Swamp Angel. He'll be back, by the way, tomorrow. We'll be out at Guaranteed Rate, Lot B. You can see us, drink with us, eat with us. 11.30 in the morning, we're going to have a tailgate, and we give you a ticket also to the game versus the Toronto Blue Jays, which starts at 1.10 that day. We can hang out all day, and then this is not part of the deal. I'll be hanging out after the game, so if you want to hang out with me, which, you know, I'm not that great. I will have no Star Wars stories for you at <laughs> it's like all. The, this is like those, Lala, like those Lollapalooza after shows. Yes. Which which we determined uh, last week on the CHGO show was the best part of Lollapalooza exactly. because you don't have to go to Lollapalooza. Uh, Herb's going to be doing a Lollapalooza after show uh, for our tailgate outing. Playing all the hits. Playing all the hits. I'll play in the God of the Vita for you guys. Oh, that'll um, be a long one. Is this Cubs fan invited? Yeah. Cub fans, Sweet. Brewers fans. If you're a Toronto fan, KPW. It's a, what is it, like 10-hour drive from Toronto? Come on down, Slaw. KPW. <laughs> Come on down. I'm Leave in. on Tuesday. Arrive at 11.30 at the tailgate. Go back home to Toronto the day after. The <laughs> oh, day like that day. Yeah, that day. Commute. Just a bunch of ri- driving. Commute. Come on down, Toronto. You guys come to our country. We're good for you. We can't go to your country if we're not vaccinated. But I am. So June 22nd, <laughs> 11.30. Be there. Go to allchgo.com right now. And buy your tickets, and then you can have a great time. June twenty second, it's a Wednesday afternoon game. We can enjoy our each other's company and watch a baseball game in the summer. And it'll be officially summer because I think the equinox is happening on the twenty first, right? Herb, you got me. I'm not. I don't keep track of uh, what not, day the equinox is. Usually, now, I go by the old. Okay. I usually go by the old. Uh, just what you learn in in preschool. There's three months of each season. That's what you go with. I know. You know, our world today has kind of thrown that up in the air with how cold it remains in May and how beautiful it is in October sometimes. But, uh, yeah, I say June 1st is the start of summer. Okay, so we're already in summer, folks. (laughs) Pale Host Mike says play Tusk. I will not play Tusk. You can go to the tailgate and ask Sean why he likes the song or the album Tusk. But don't have him play it. You'll scare everybody else away. Oh, my God. It's just (laughs) a waste of space. As I said, I am not a Fleetwood Mac fan, but as a non-Fleetwood Mac fan, I can recognize the beauty of Silver Springs and other songs. You go your own way. Those are good songs. I don't enjoy them myself, but I can see why they're good. It's kind of like me. I don't like Bruce Springsteen too much. I know you love him, but I understand why people love Bruce Springsteen. I'm not his target demo, firstly. Secondly, I just don't, you know, it wasn't my music. So, yes, Uh, Tusk is for no one. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Tusk is for absolutely no one. So that guy who loves Tusk, he'll be back in this chair tomorrow. I'll be in where Vinny's sitting tomorrow for our pregame show, and Vinny will be in his chair at Guaranteed Rate watching and reporting the White Sox and the L.A. Dozier's series for Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Join us, 6.30 pregame for Sean and I's pregame, and then postgame, Vinny will be at Guaranteed Rate to give us all the deets after a White Sox winner over Mitch White and the L.A. Dodgers. So, for Vinny Duber, you can follow him at Vinny Duber on Twitter. He is our CHGO beat writer. That guy over there, you can't see. His name is Kevin Wells. He's a Cub fan. He's wearing his hat backwards. He's wearing a W hat. I told him he can't wear it because they didn't win yesterday. I put it on backwards so it wouldn't pop up on the screen. That is literally why the reason why you put the W flag. I hate that. I go walking down the neighborhood. I see a W flag. Like, Cubs lost yesterday. Come on. Follow the tradition. That's Kevin Wells. Is Wells15 Kevin on Twitter. Follow him and tell him how bad the Cubs are. Don't say that. And I'm Ecknerwall23. 
uh, uh, Lawrence spelled backwards. Two, three is for Vince Velasquez. We will talk to you tomorrow for our pregame on CHGO White Sox.